With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Another episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm your host, Joe Pizzapia, and with me always on Fridays is Sergeant McKechnie. John McKechnie joining us. What's happening, my man? Oh, uh, you know, just a good Friday morning. Uh, it's actually finally warmed up in Wisconsin here, so. Uh, so yeah. that's like what? That's like thirty-eight degrees. Is that what? Is that warmed up? Is that thirty-eight? Okay. <laughs> How was your Baltimore trip last week? Uh, it was excellent. You know, uh, went to the O's game that Friday night. Uh, saw something I'd never seen before. Wade Miley got nailed with two comebackers right, right back to back. Oh, I'd never that's seen. Right. That. <laughs> you were at that game. That's right. I forgot. Pretty bizarre. Like we, yeah. And then Gabriel Enoa threw six scoreless somehow, and then he hurt himself. That was just a very odd game. Yeah. So you saw, you know, when you get hit back to back line drives, it's just not your night. And no, that's, clearly that's not. You just say, okay, boys, you guys handle it from here. I'm going to take the rest of the night off. But we never take a day off here no, over sir. on the podcast at RotoWire. So let's get to your Friday slate. Let's start at the top of the pitching board with Clayton Kershaw. At Colorado, now this is the cheapest Kershaw will probably be all year at 9800 but it's in Colorado. Are you willing to go the Kershaw route? What do the numbers say? Lay it on me, Johnny. All right, so Kershaw's got 18 career starts at Coors, and he has a 4.71 ERA. You know, you rarely hear Kershaw in, in an ERA above three, you know, mentioned in the same sentence. Uh, his whip is uh, over 1.3. Um you know, the, these are his worst numbers other than at PNC Park, but he has a ton more starts at Coors than he does at PNC. He still has a really good strikeout rate, as you'd imagine, though, still striking out, out over one batter per inning. Uh, so really, you kind of have to weigh it out. Um, you know, like you said, it, this is the cheapest you're going to see Kershaw uh, probably this entire season. Uh, and then Cueto's the next guy down on the board. And it's just, re- it's not really a Cueto problem for me. It's just, I don't trust the Giants at all that, you know, I hate to use the cliche the dumpster fire, but that's kind of what the Giants are at this time. So Kershaw, if you 
you know, I don't think he's as bad of a, of, of a play tonight as you might expect for, for cores, even though, you know, the Rockies have been so good at home this year. I think uh, the cores factor is going to knock down his ownership percentage. So I think Kershaw might be an interesting play tonight. Yeah, you Despite know, those numbers. I get what you're saying about about Cueto. Cueto's been really good this year. You know, he needs that quality start kind of machine. But yeah, the Giants are a little rough. I, I can understand the people who want to fade Cueto tonight uh, on this slate, but I keep looking at him not being double digits, and and I still think that there's opportunity there for Cueto personally. I still think you can make the case. Let's go down a little bit more. Talk about Irvin Santana. He's at Cleveland against Josh Tomlin. That certainly on paper seems to work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Tomlin, I think, is going to get lit up, I imagine. I, I think, what well, you know, once we get into the batters, I, there's some Minnesota guys that, that I'd be interested in, in uh, putting in my lineup this evening. Uh, yeah, that offense is clicking. Uh, Cleveland's offense probably hasn't uh, really hit, hit its uh, stride really yet. You know, Brantley's been banged up. Kipnis just really hasn't been Kipnis uh, to start the year. So this isn't you know, the, the Cleveland offense that we were expecting. So I think Irvin, plus the way he's been pitching, I think he's a, he's an interesting play as well. All right, let's talk about Tanner Rourke. I know there's some weather potentially in this game, but he's at home against Philadelphia, and that's a lineup that we know has some strikeouts in it for sure. He's got Nick Pavetta across the other side from him. I mean, I feel like Tanner Rourke is a really safe, especially on two-pitcher sites, he's a really safe guy to go with where you're going to get a lot of foundation. You're going to get six quality innings out of him with potential for more, and you know, basically at minimum a 25 point guy with probably the upside for maybe 10 more potentially if he gets that win. I, I could see that. But um, at the same time, do you think that uh, you'd rather pay 400 more for him? Or do you, do you see like a Matt Harvey implosion coming, you know, with all the just sort of noise and trash that's been I'm around the Mets all week? I'm glad you brought up Harvey because I think Harvey is, is exactly a very polarizing guy. I, I would not be shocked tonight if there were some people – playing the Matt Harvey card. And I understand why. I don't know if Milwaukee's the first place I want to play it. Just that's mm-hmm. just me because of all the ballparks and all the gin joints and all the world. I, <laughs> I, I just, uh, I don't know if that's like, you it's know, it's Chinatown. I just, it's, it's <laughs> wrong movie. I, now, think, I thought you would be, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I think you were young to get that reference. And I, and then you came up with the Chinatown one. I, I'm very impressed. The there. Top well, rope. <laughs> look at you, man. You're a rock star. But uh, you know, I do think Matt Harvey is going to get right. I can understand if you're doing multiple lineups or multiple pitchers tonight on a multiple pitcher site, maybe potentially wanting to go there and have some shares of him because I do think the ownership will be very low. Personally, I think the $400 difference is worth it for Tanner work because of the foundation. Okay. I do think Matt Harvey will get right. If this was Matt Harvey, let's say, I don't know, at the Marlins, you know, right. on the road, if this was Matt Harvey, maybe at Pittsburgh, that's a whole different story. At Milwaukee's where it gives me pause. All right, Dylan Bundy, uh, your guy for the Orioles, certainly been good so far this year, although a lot of the numbers will justify that perhaps there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors going on with sure. that. He's got Danny Duffy on the other side. But uh, you go with the kid who's hot, or you go with uh, Danny Duffy who has more of a strikeout potential, because so far that's the biggest knock on him so far, and Dylan Bundy's strikeout rate has been uh, let's say, uh, not where you want it to be. <laughs> no, and it, his velocity isn't quite uh, where you'd want it either. I think he sits closer to the low 90s when, you know, when you get that top prospect buzz, you expect more mid-90s. But, yeah, he's been really effective with, with uh, his off-speed pitches and, and things of that nature. So he's been able to uh, navigate his way through some quality starts. Uh, I really just like the fact that, that Bundy kind of dodged 
uh, a bullet in facing the Nationals lineup that's you know tops in the league in terms of weighted on base and gets to go against a team that is at the at the uh, bottom uh, of that list uh, in the Royals. But at that same time, boy, uh, I think Danny Duffy's going to give the Orioles a lot of trouble. I think he's he's that kind of uh, you know hard throwing lefty that that. Uh, can induce the strikeouts. Obviously, kind of like you said with the Phillies, the Orioles lineup has a ton of strikeout uh, potential in it, top to bottom, uh, essentially. So I'm not looking for Bundy to get a ton of run support, but I also don't see a ton of runs being pushed across him, across on him. So he's interesting, but I think, you know, Harvey or uh, further down the list, Corbin would be, would probably be. I'm glad that that was the next spot I was going. And I'm glad he was on your sheets too, because I'm looking at Corbin and he's coming off that course you know, ass kicking. Let's be yep. honest. I mean, we, we all know what happens there. So the ERA got a little inflated, but up until there, I know it was San Diego. I, I understand that he had some, you know, a little bit of inflation strikeout rates and maybe the strikeout rates never going to be super high with Patrick Corbin. He's probably not that guy, mm-hmm. but at the same point in time, I think Corbin's pitched very well this year. I think he's getting back to that respectability level where he was a few years back prior to the surgery. And at 7,600 against a Pittsburgh team that's scuffling right now. They got dominated by Granke last night. I expect Corbin to go out there and be very strong again. He's my favorite GPP play of the night by far. Yeah, I think we're completely in agreement there. And he's been, you know, for how good he's been on the season as a whole, he's been really, really good at home. He's got a 1-5 ERA at home. Uh, over 23 innings uh, of work. So, you know, they, we got a bit of a sample, a few starts there to work with. And then the the Pirates, you know, they've gone from a team that, that you're using a bunch of their bats every single day last season or the season before to a team that you're, you know, kind of uh, looking at your pitcher to, to dominate these days, it seems like. So Corbin for me, uh, and then I think that the, he'll obviously get that run support that you look for. Um, so Corbin, we're on the same page there. I, I think I'm not going any lower than him as far as GPP pitchers are concerned. There's one other guy that I could justify, and the ballpark factor is not great, but his opposing pitcher stinks. It's Andrew Casher as his opposing pitcher, and he's got four of his last starts been quality starts. He's been very quietly good for the Oakland A's, and that's Jesse Hahn at 7,200. I look at Hahn as a guy that's very under the radar still. Uh, strikeout rate's been okay. Like I said, up until that, you know, bad outing against Detroit. He had been six innings in every start prior to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at Han as a guy who's going to pitch, you know, pretty, you know, he's going to give you that quality start almost in lock. And I don't think Texas right now is full strength Texas. You know, no, no Adrian Beltre, Odor continues to struggle. And I'm looking at Jesse Han. I'm saying that's another guy where ownership is low, small market guy. I think people will just still don't buy into him and they should because Jesse Han's a better pitcher. Uh, then I think people give him credit for. All right, let's go to the opposite of the spectrum, the guys that we hate, the guys we target against. Where are you going in terms of, I know, you know, I know there's potential weather in Washington, but is, is we going against Nick Pavetta? Is that where we're going? Are we going Christian yeah, Bergman at Toronto? I feel, bad to, I feel bad to just point out Pavetta just to, you know, and maybe this will just fly back okay. in our, in this our is, face. This is a safe, this is a safe place. We we control him. Tr- I don't think he, I don't know. I don't know if he listens or not. It's possible, but I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the, the Nationals lineup going against uh, a guy with just not a ton of experience. I, I think that, that's an issue for him. Uh, Joe Biagini is a guy that uh, is really effective out of the pen, but you don't expect him to last particularly long. I'd, I'd be surprised if he goes uh, more than one or two outs into the fifth inning. Uh, so you, you got the the, uh, the Mariners bats. Hopefully 
that they're at full health because Cruz has been a little bit banged up, but he did homer yesterday. Uh, Cano, I don't think was in the lineup yesterday. Um, so, you know, those are, if, if Seattle is at full strength and going against Biagini in a, in a sense where you can get to that uh, Blue Jays bullpen early in the game, get a good a bit of exposure to that. I think that's interesting as well. All right, let's uh, now go to the catcher pool right now. Where do you first go to catcher? Who's the guy that pops for you? Maybe a good matchup, good situation for you right off the bat. Who do you see? Um, this is kind of a off the beaten path a little bit. Um, I'm, I would say Cameron Rupp is kind of interesting to me. Um, I know that we, we like Roark a decent bit, but uh, Rupp's got a really nice uh, weighted on base over the last two weeks. Uh, he's missed two of the last three games, uh, but I think that's more like, you know, uh, day game after a night game uh, concern than like any sort of uh, risk of him losing his role. Um, so I think that he's a guy that that I would look for if I'm kind of looking to go against the grain a little bit and a little bit cheaper uh, at the catcher spot. And I think also uh, uh, Salvador Perez is a guy that, that's that been on fire of late. I think that he's kind of uh, doing his best hitting that, that we've seen in, in quite some time out of him. And I know he gets the matchup against Bundy, but I think he's uh, also interesting if you want to go above 3,000, but not uh, go climb the ladder all the way up to Posey. Yeah, and, and Posey was off last night, so you know, good chance he's in the lineup tonight. I'll, I'll tell you this too. Um, I know we didn't mention McCullers. I, I, you know, I just throw that out there too. I think that'll be fascinating to watch too. Keiko coming off that great game. Can McCullers follow that up there in Yankee Stadium? Gary Sanchez. I, 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 I at thirty five hundred. As much as I like Sanchez, I think that's too much. But I'll say this: I, your Cameron Rupp thing that doesn't bother me at all, especially in GPP play because. For you to be a true separator, you know, I know the rules say, you know, the rules of DFS, we all know, say, oh, you know, you don't want to put any guys against your pitchers. But if you have a guy that's going to return value, especially in a place like catcher, especially in a spot where it's probably not a guy who's going to obliterate the game of that pitcher. If you're looking for him to get a couple hits, that's the kind of smart strange, if you will, if we're going to coin a phrase. There you go. I like it. it. You like that? Smart strange (laughs) where it's where it's going to actually give you a little separation from the pack. Where you know you don't you want to put your best lineup out there, and if that guy's at the right price, even if you're using that pitcher, I don't think it's a terrible play because there's lots of opportunities there for him to just go two or three times value return investment, and it's not going to necessarily impede Tanner Rourke from helping you that night. Uh, it's one thing if you're going to you know put a Bryce Harper against the pitcher. <laughs> you're going yeah, against. That, that's a, that's a bold move, God. Right, good. That is that's a home wrecker. That's what we call that one. All right, <laughs> uh, let's go to the first base position here, top of the board. Goldschmidt at forty five, Joey Votto forty five, but don't love him necessarily against Cueto. That's right. a tougher matcher. Eric Thames against Matt Harvey, I think certainly is in play in the cash games. Freddie Freeman forty four. Carpenter, and then you got Rizzo all the way down at forty two, which was kind of striking to me, and. You know, basically for another $100 less, you can go with Zimmerman, who's been brilliant. I tend to like Zimmerman there even more just because anytime I could save, a, you know, even 100 bucks in the cash game play, I'm all for it. You know, and Zimmerman's just been brilliant so far this year. Yeah, I think I think we're on the same page there. And then I think that the trendier option will be the guy price the same uh, Cody Bellinger of the of the Dodgers. And, you know, you kind of look at at this matchup. He's at cores. So that explains why he's uh, so expensive. Um, but there, there's like a couple but not of impossibly expensive. Like right, I feel yeah. like he's expensive, but for a core's inflation rate, they're still for factoring in. Yeah. The algorithm still factors in a little bit there for Bellinger still being a little green. Sure. And then uh, I, I think that just looking into it a little bit more, uh, 
I would be a little bit worried about this one because uh, Chatwood's actually been pretty tough for the Rockies. Uh, he held the Diamondbacks to one earned over seven at Coors uh, last time, and he's been pretty tough on left-handers overall. Uh, he's holding them to a 211 batting average, um, but he has given up five home runs, but I think you can uh, point to Coors for at least some of those uh, balls going out. But I, I think I'm off of Bellinger. I think that I just wanted to get that uh, out there tonight because I know that he's he's a guy that's been in – you know, pretty highly owned since he since he came up and started getting getting on his tear. Now, speaking of being on tears, yet I don't feel like the pricing has caught up to him. Is Yonder Alonso, kids? I I hate to break it to y'all, but Yonder Alonso is the best offensive first baseman so far in 2017 in the American League. And I I know that sounds weird. I understand how uncomfortable that is. I don't want to believe un- it. As uncomfortable it is for you to hear it, it's more uncomfortable for me to say it. But at 3600. I'm I'm still buying in right now and until that price goes over four, where I start to get a little concerned about Yonder Alonso reverting back to being Yonder Alonso. <laughs> Whatever change that he's made to that swing, it's working, and the price is yet to catch up to how good he is right now. The guy's been a machine, and I think, damn the high percentages, I'll I'll still take him. Absolutely, you know, and he's going in Texas. He, you know, he's going uh, against Kashner. He's got an OPS over well over a thousand against righties this year. He's OPSing one point three oh eight. Over the last two weeks, that's just absurd. Eight home runs in that stretch, 17 RBI. So, uh, I mean, he's about as hot of a hitter as, as there is in the game at this time. And you, you only really want to use him uh, against a righty. And obviously, we draw that uh, here tonight. So, Yonder Alonso at 3,600 for, for that sort of upside is, is, pretty, is a pretty sweet deal. Speaking of matchups, too, you got Trey Mancini against the lefty Danny Duffy, and uh, Mancini's been very strong in, you know, they've given him the right matchups to be successful, and he's done nothing but deliver. He's got seven dingers and 20 RBIs, hitting almost 300 on the year. At 3,300, if you're looking for, if you want to go to the top of the board for Equato or one of those bigger guys and you feel more comfortable there, I think Mancini at 33 is another cost savings where, you know, that's certainly up for it. And I'm shocked by the Mark Reynolds 3,500. I don't even right. understand this. It hurts my head. I'm, I'm just, I know it's Kershaw, but holy crap. <laughs> right. Have we, have we not been watching what Mark Reynolds has been doing in Colorado this year? I've never seen this from 7,000. <laughs> Roughly. Yes. Just, a, just a quick estimate. Like, yeah, he's just, he's just absolutely mashing, uh, everything, uh, but you know it is Kershaw, but still, I mean, thirty five hundred. I think that that's that's worth uh, GPP consideration at, at least. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move over to the other uh, corner spot here, third base, top of the board. Usual suspects, as always, at third base. You got the uh, Justin Turner, Chris Bryant. You got Nolan Arenado at forty two. You got Manny Machado, whose prices now come back up to Manny Machado at eight. Then you got Travis Shaw, the lefty, against Matt Harvey, the righty. Uh, Obviously, these guys, you know, they, they don't bear too much discussion. We know what they are. We know the matchups are probably good. Is there somebody underneath that that grouping that you feel is uh, worthy of the price, worthy of your attention tonight at third base? Is it Jake Lamb against Glasnow? Because, I mean, that's where my mind goes. Yeah, I mean, you know, right off the bat, you know, you see him drawing that matchup against a righty in, in Glasnow who – Seems to be turning things around a little bit, you know, a couple uh, back-to-back starts that that have been pretty strong, but uh, I still trust uh, Lamb's bat uh, over Glasnow's arm at this point. Uh, so th- 3,500, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I really like uh, Miguel Sano as well at 3,600. He's up to nine home runs on the season. Um, uh, Tristan Cockroft uh, fired off a tweet uh, last night talking about how his, his plate approach 
is totally different than what it once was, you know, where it used to be. You, you play him last year and it's just like, well, if he gets one home run and then strikes out three times, I guess it'll be okay. But he's, he's not really chasing anything out of the zone. He's in the top 10 in baseball in terms of uh, players not chasing out of the zone. So that that's, you know, obviously very encouraging to see. Um, he's, you know, he gets Josh Tomlin. I think he's a guy that uh, you can easily uh, imagine Sano uh, taking him deep as well. So Sano at 3,600 uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I want to say, though, that he's the king of the three outcomes this year. It's almost 60% of the time where it's a walk, a home run, or a strikeout. Now, the the, the two outcome was a problem. When you had that third one, which is, you know, going back to what you just mentioned there, that helps. That mm-hmm. third, you know, that walk is, is a three big points. deal. Yeah, it's, it's a huge deal. It's a difference of you making a pay line and missing a pay line. Is there anybody else at third base that catches your eye uh, that you feel might be uh, – uh, another potential gain or is that pretty much it's Sano, it's lamb and then obviously they're the regular old guys at the top um i think uh evan longoria is a little bit interesting i know he's he's off to a bit of a slow start but uh i don't i'm not particularly uh buying porcello at, at this stage um uh it's going to be at fenway so i i kind of found if you are going kershaw so you're going expensive at pitcher and you want to go a little bit cheaper at your corners uh logan morrison and, and uh, Longoria, they've been hitting three, four in the lineup lately. Uh, Morrison seems to be really clicking five home runs over his last two weeks. And Porcello has given up six home runs at home this year and only 23 innings of uh, pitch. So the Rays might be a little bit sneaky tonight. And I, I would definitely, if I'm going to get some Rays, I'm going to have Longoria in that mix. So 3,100, he makes some sense to me as well. All right. Second base, Robinson Cano. <laughs> Go ahead. Take it from there. I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay it up there for you. Go ahead. So, you know, we, you know, it seemed like the entire first month of the season, we were like, why is he, why do they price him like this? Why is he, you know, 30, <laughs> why, do, why, 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 is, why are these scrubs, you know, like price like 500 <laughs> ahead of him? Uh, obviously, like we mentioned, he's, he's uh, coming off a, a, a sore quad, but I, you know, if he's in the lineup tonight, you got to, well, quad, I mean, although it's been bothering him, it's it seems like it's bothering him in all the right ways because he's been yeah. pretty darn good this week with the with the quote unquote injury. Yeah, and then you know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, do like going against uh, the Blue Jays a little bit tonight, just because uh, you know that that starter, no matter how effective he's going to be, he just doesn't have that that many bullets yet. So he's you know he's not going to go more than five innings. Uh, so yeah, Cano forty two hundred. Uh, yeah, lock that in if you, if you want to go expensive at that spot because uh, I, I like him even even uh, better than Daniel Murphy uh, this evening. Now, I know with the Logan Forsyth injury, Chris Taylor has been filling in for a little bit, but uh, the question is 3800 buying in on him. I, I can't personally. Nope. I think there's better ways to spend money. And, I, and I'll tell you this much, too. If you're trying to figure out around that range, I look at the same exact price as Starlin Castro, who – Last year, the numbers at Yankee Stadium were so stark. I mean, his numbers were so great at Yankee Stadium. He was so bad on the road. And this year, that trend is basically continuing where they're not as stark, but still a much better player now. I know he's got a tough matchup against the colors, but right now, Castro in that ballpark this year again has been basically money in the bank. Right. And yeah, so uh, to to this point in the season, uh, I've never used Castro and and really regretted it. I think he's a guy that that just – produces pretty much on a nightly basis. And then, like you mentioned, uh, especially at Yankee Stadium, he's a guy that you absolutely have to consider. So 3,800, you know, if you're picking between him and Chris Taylor, uh, Taylor might be only interesting because I, I imagine his ownership 
even with the cores bump will be pretty low just because 3,800 does seem ridiculous for a guy uh, like Chris Taylor with, with the lack of track record, at least compared to, to Castro. But I give the lean to Castro uh, for if we were doing just a cash uh, second baseman uh, between these two. Now, speaking of ridiculous, DJ LeMahieu, I know it's Kershaw, but 2,900 in Colorado. We just talked about the Kershaw numbers being, what, 4 and 7, right? 470 RA somewhere yep. on there? I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> like, let's you know, let's let's not be ridiculous here. I mean, there there's there's a lot of reason to go against Kershaw tonight, and 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 not just from you know, I mean, some of these bargains, right? You're basically getting bargains of some of these cores guys. And as great as Kershaw is, it's still cores. Now, you know, is it the only lineup I want to put out there? No, but it's certainly one that I would sure. strongly consider. The other guy that I want to consider before we move on from second base is a guy who's moving to the cleanup spot and been very good since then, and that's Neil Walker. He's at Milwaukee, very favorable park. Matt Garza, a very favorable pitcher. I think at 35, that's a guy that you can uh, you like where he's hitting in the order and I think is a good value. Let's move on to shortstop. Uh, top of the board, Corey Seager in Colorado, 4,300. Uh, that's you know not a surprising one whatsoever there. Now, in Colorado tonight, he's going against who? Who is that? That's Tyler Chatwood. So you've got the Correct. righty matchup. So this is one of those spots where – Tyler Chatwood, right-handed pitcher against the guy who crushes right-handed pitching in Colorado. Yes, I'm okay with 4,300. For uh, Let's face it, still a pretty slender position at shortstop. I'm okay with going top of the board here. Yeah, I, I, when I put my lineup together, um, and it, it's one that, that – that- had Kershaw just so I could kind of explore uh, some of the value bats, but uh, I, I still went top of the board here as well. I went with Carlos Correa actually at 4,000 uh, at Yankee stadium. He he's, he has really nice career numbers there. Um, and he's, you know, he's starting to really uh, kind of come around and, and starting to, to mash like we all expect him to. So if you don't go the Seager route, then I really, I really think that Correa will be worth that $4,000 price tag, but man, Seager, Seager and cores against a righty, you know, what, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine where you say he's too expensive, like probably closer to like 4,800 is when you're like, yeah, I can't do it. Well, right. I mean, but especially on a night where other cores guys aren't that expensive because Kershaw, it's right. not your, your typical cores, you know, play. You know what I mean? Like, it just, just from looking, like, normally you're going to have to make a concession for the guys in Colorado and how much they're going to cost. You don't have to make that as much. So if you want to pay up for Seager, I think this is one of the easier slates to do that in. Is there anybody else at shortstop that, you know, you could justify trying to go cheap on? Uh, let's see here. Because, um, right, I mean, I'm not, not – nobody pops to me. Like, especially when you got the two guys that we already boy. mentioned. Yeah, this is, a, this is a pretty rough crop if you're not going uh, towards the top. It um, is, because although Cozart's been terrific, I can't, you know, against Cueto's not where I want to go. Exactly. I, Chris Owings, maybe, but there's some foundation questions with, with him that I, I have a problem with. And outside of that, I mean, I think it's a night where, again, we're stuck paying up there. And, you know, that's and that's fine. You just have to recognize when those nights and the things don't jive and make concessions in your lineup. And this is where, if you're playing GBPs, a guy like Han, it's 76 or whatever he is there. That's where you can, you know, make a little distance there. All right, baseball exactly. is here, so don't get stranded out on first base without a Roto-Wire subscription, and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month Roto-Wire subscription. So go to FanDuel.com slash Roto-Wire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible, and users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash Roto-Wire. All right, on to the outfield, Johnny Boy. Uh, let's go there. Where are you going? Outfield, who pops for you right away? Let's say top of the board, guys, usual suspects, Harper, Betts, Judge, Stanton, 
uh, Nelson Cruz, any of these guys, this top $4,000 range, do it for you. Does Pollock against Glass now do it for you? Uh, Paul, yeah, Pollock always does. I mean, he's, he's uh, a guy that's threat for extra bases every time. He's a threat to, to steal a base. Uh, he's such a good base runner and, and such a good contact hitter that uh, it's tough to imagine him uh, going for less than double digits uh, this evening. Uh, I think that the Boston outfield pairing, the expensive ones of Betts and Benintendi are intriguing. I think Betts uh, has moved back to the leadoff spot. And I know that he homered yeah. mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday to kind of break that one open in Milwaukee and kind of save the Red Sox uh, from a sweep out here. And then uh, Harp, if you really want to go super expensive, you know, the, the classic – Trout or Harper, I, I would lean Harper unless, unless the weather uh, really does end up playing a factor because Trout got back in the lineup last night but uh, went 0 for 4. You don't really see that from him particularly often. He's just been a little bit banged up of late. So I think I think Harper, if you if you want to go the uber-expensive route, would be my guy. It's amazing to see Michael Conforto up to 4,200 now yeah, after a month. I mean, <laughs> and I know he's dealing with the hamstring issue, but like just just I just needed to say it out loud. I think that's uh, – uh, it's that's one of those something. things where you just got to say it. How about Yasiel Puig at only 4000 in Colorado? And how about uh, Jock Peterson, another guy, too, who's been playing better, hitting at the top of the order, starting to hit the ball the other way, starting to do some better fundamental things. Uh, and you got Charlie Blackman, 3800 another guy you can add to that group with Reynolds and LeMayhew that are just, well, it's Kershaw, so we're just, you know, everybody's getting a huge discount salary-wise. Yeah, I know it's a little scary, but I, I can't help but feel that somebody's going to make some money on that potentially tonight. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Blackman's at Blackman, uh, you know, and all things being equal usually is, is, you know, one of your top three or four uh, priced outfielders. So getting him at 3,800 for a home game, uh, that's, that's hard to go away from. And I know that there are some uh, things working against him, obviously Kershaw in the, in the, like, the lefty lefty matchup, but um Puig is also interesting at 4,000. I probably, if this was like the first week of the season, I totally would have gotten suckered into using Puig, but I'm probably not going to. Uh, he's just a little bit too boomer bust for me right now. Or, and I Ozuna guess, against Boltonevich, too. That's another guy who's been tearing the cover off the ball. If you want a hot mm-hmm. bat right now at 4K, that's definitely a guy. Let's start to go a little bit deeper, too, because we are going to have to find a little bit of value here uh, in the outfield. We mentioned Peterson at 36. Uh, trying to go beneath that, Jason Worth a 35 with a good matchup. Another guy's been swinging a good bat. Uh, Christian Yelich, another guy. Th- yes. There's there's some room here, 36 and under. You could definitely make uh, a fair amount of assessments for and say, okay, these guys are decent enough gambles where you feel good about the return on investment. Right, and uh, I think Michael Taylor, uh, he's definitely uh, a three outcome risk, and you know, minus the walk, really, actually. Um, but you know, he's got. A ridiculous amount of pop uh, for a guy with that frame. So uh, I think we've we've talked about the Nationals going against Pavetta, you know, throughout the show. I think that he makes a little bit of sense here. Uh, Tommy Pham is a, is another guy that if he's in the lineup is a little bit interesting. Uh, he's been actually very good since he got uh, the call up with with all the um, injuries to the Cardinals outfield. So he's he's someone if you want to go for under three thousand, he's checking in at twenty eight hundred. I think he makes some sense to me as well. All right, now he's on his way back. Last guy I want to talk about. He's at 3,300. He's supposed to play today. His first game back this year. J.D. Martinez, super cheap at 3,300. Now, I'm not usually one to throw somebody back right into it, but this isn't just anybody. This is J.D. Martinez. Is it too soon, basically? Um, That's the question. Too soon for J.D. Martinez or... Yeah, maybe you're making multiple lineups, maybe 3,300. You're, you're looking at a player with much better ceiling 
than that $3,300 salary? I mean, you know, first read off of it, you know, gut reaction, I would say it probably is. And I think that he had a relatively rough uh, minor league rehab. Yeah, one for 14 with one dinger. That, yeah, that, was, that was the one. But the dinger was yesterday. So everybody's going to say, well. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, now I'm, now I'm all confused. But uh, I just, uh, I'm, like you said, unless it's a multiple lineup thing, I don't really see myself uh, going going hard after J.D. Martinez. I'd like to see a few games, see him get into the swing of things uh, before I plug him in, even, the, even though that price and that upside uh, really don't mesh. All right, and Ian Desmond, thirty-two hundred too. That's that's it. I'm done. I'm just throwing that out there. I had to do everybody. it. It's, it's everybody. Look, listen this, up. This is the alternate stack against Clayton Kershaw. This is the one time all year where you We're might actually want down. to consider it. We are in the upside down. Stranger things have happened. You can follow <laughs> him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pisa Pia Seventeen. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great day of daily fantasy.